All right, party people, let's do this. Give it up for all the leaders that are listening to this right now. Every leader who is hearing this, you are amazing. We love you. We are thankful for you. And all of you are in the room. You're awesome. Appreciate you more than you know. I am... I'm pretty excited right now, um, not just with all God is doing in the church as far as, you know, man, all the people give, giving their hearts to Christ, but just in my own personal walk with Jesus. So um, I'm loving it. I'm loving the Lyman uh, Bible study that we're having on Thursday mornings. I, I think God is going to continue to do some beautiful things there. That seed that is there, I think it's going to grow into something pretty darn powerful. I can even see some of the guys who are there uh, on Thursdays uh, in front of me right now. So all the single ladies, just so you know, we're going to have some great men of God for you. And all the married ladies, just so you know, your husbands are going to be so filled with faith and strength. We, I can't wait to see the future. We already have amazing men. Don't get me wrong. I am thankful for the men of Shoreline City. Can we give it up real quick for the men, the line men? Awesome, awesome men of God um, that have inspired me and pushed me forward, but I can't wait to see the future. Obviously, the ladies, come on now, ladies here at Shoreline City. When are we doing another orchid, honey? Is my wife in here? I don't even know. She's, okay, I don't, my wife's not even in here right now. She must be praying. Uh, what we're going to do uh, at this moment is we're about to have a leadership talk from a person that oozes uh, not just the culture of this church, um, but really the culture of this church. We're trying, we, we believe we're trying to be as an alignment with who Jesus is if he was walking this planet. If Jesus was on the earth right now, we want Shoreline City to be an extension of that. Uh, that's why we want to love people. That's why we believe for healing. That's why we pray for people. That's why we speak to mountains. That's why we're walking with humility. We're doing these things because that's what we believe Jesus would do if he was walking on this planet. And the person who's going to be sharing today exemplifies this in a beautiful and amazing way. Heart of gold, loves Jesus, laughs at himself and laughs at everything else too. A leader of leaders and someone that has emerged into being a pillar in this house. His name is Eric Thomas Sewing. And he's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Love you. We love you. Love y'all so much. Uh, P.E., thank you so much for saying all those kind words. But I do want to say, uh, you know, one of the things that I absolutely love about our pastors, <laughs> y'all couldn't see this if you're listening on Spotify, but P.E. has like no space right now. I'm like moving stuff. Uh, but one of the things that I really love about our pastors is how genuine they are. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to say thank you so much for your genuineness. Uh, yeah. um, it's really special. Yeah. It's really special the way you and Pastor Onika continuously fight to keep your heart pure and genuinely love and care for people. I felt it whenever uh, it was the first day that I walked in, you know, into Shoreline City and we were like, I don't know, maybe a hundred people at that time, maybe just a couple weeks into like doing Sunday morning services to now years later. Um, just, I just want to say thank you so much because people who are working in, walking in for the first time this past Sunday, you're giving them the same treatment and same love and same care. And I just want to say thank you so much for that. Love you. I think that comes from a very strong conviction on the value of a person, you know, to be honest with you, I think our pastors and I think our church family really has a correct perspective on the value of the one and uh, the person. And, um, but it's been interesting to see because as a church, we've grown where it's not just the one, okay? It's also now, which is really wild to say, the thousands. 
on what God is calling us to influence. And right now I'm in uh, going through the book of Second Samuel, you know, just kind of in my own personal time. We're not going to de- we're not going to jump in there. I saw everybody take notes. You're like Second Samuel. Psych. That was a psych right there. Sorry. And um, David is now really starting to step into like his kingship. OK, like he's like, you know, he's been like on the run for years and it's like running from Saul. And now Saul, you know, like, you know, he's unalived. And so he's like passed on to this next season. And David is now stepping into this kingship. And it's interesting as David is stepping into being king, he's like has these highs and lows because he's now stepping into purpose in a new way as king. But he also just lost his best friend, Jonathan. And I was just reading that and it was just encouraging to me that you can like be walking in purpose and seeing God's blessing and like Mm. stepping into new promised land. Like everything can be awesome, but you can also at the same time have battles that you've never fought before. And I think that's okay. I think there's actually a certain degree of strength that comes from that. I actually think that's what life really looks like. It's what it really looks like. Nobody lives in a vacuum where everything is perfect. Um, And so it's just kind of this thing just stirring in my heart. Um, how is David able to do these things is because he has a track record with God. And that's what I want to talk about, track record with God. We're going to go back into the beginning whenever David really comes up on the scene. This is where we're going to jump in if you want to take notes. First Samuel chapter 17. This is a passage that many of you probably already have memorized, and some of you may, maybe have never even heard this one before, so this may be new for some and old for others. But this is going to be verse 32, First Samuel verse 32. This is whenever Goliath is now like defying all the nation of Israel. And uh, it goes on verse 32. It says, David says to Saul, Saul was the king at the time, okay? David at the time was just a shepherd boy, okay? Let no one lose heart on the account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. He's just a shepherd. He's not even a warrior at this point. I'll go and fight him. Saul replied, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior since his youth. Hmm. Verse 34, but David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it and I struck it and rescued the sheep from its Hmm. mouth. Hmm. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion Mm. and bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. It was God's track record with David that gave him the confidence that God would do it again. So if we're going to, I'm going to do three point, three points in this. Okay. One would be the challenges of today are designed to increase your capacity for victories later. Oh, okay. Yeah. The challenges of today are designed to increase your capacity for victories later. See, David was as a shepherd, he was killing a lion, which I don't know anybody that's killed a lion. Okay. But like for him, it seemed casual. Okay. And he's over there killing a bear. And I don't know if there's like a brown bear or a grizzly bear, you know, because those are different. Uh, but still he's doing some things, you know, some, yeah, or maybe it was a cub, right? But he's, he's doing some pretty awesome things, but God was actually teaching him what was to come. And so many times whenever we're going through challenges, we can like complain about the challenges or like not want to go through the challenges or like, oh man, like this, this season has been really, really hard. Like God rescue me from this season. And just as I've gone through life, I have learned to lean into those things because God is actually training me for something that's going to be happening later in life. 
David goes on to do something that had never been done in the Bible. Wow. He was the first person to kill a giant. It had never been seen before. Nobody had done it. It's not like recorded or that we have a story of that happening before. David was like the first like regular man to slay a giant. And I feel like there are callings on our life and some callings on this church family for sure where we're called to do things that nobody has seen before. Like you just like feel it like stirring. But I think the key to walking into that is leaning into the challenges of today. And getting victory on the challenges of today. So where this is practically speaking, okay? Where this is practically speaking, what's going on with your character? Maybe the challenges in your character, the challenges of your time management, the challenges of your team of three, the challenges of your staff of three, what's going on with your team of 12, the challenges of those things will speak into the victories that we have later. So good, man. Okay, number two. Um, You could see that David had a certain degree of discipline in who... Um, who he was as a man and as a young man. He was faithful to stay uh, in his role as being a shepherd, but then whenever he felt the call to do more, he stepped in that. But there was a certain degree of discipline that David had to have. So point number two would be discipline is the best (laughs) self-care. Discipline is the best self-care. Because discipline is actually a commitment to your future self. And because David was able to stay faithful and do what he had to do as a shepherd, whenever he had to go into the season of being a giant slayer, he knew what to do. And then whenever he went to be a king, he also knew what to do. It was that discipline of the season that's That's actually a commitment to the call and the purpose that God has on your life. So it's actually, I I would say, the same thing with obedience. Obedience is going to be the the best self-care. Obedience to what God is having you do right now in the small things. Like the very simple things. I Pastor Earl talked yesterday uh, in his message um, where he was talking about, hey, you know what? There were times when I felt like God was calling me to lay down playing basketball. You don't see that like in the Bible. But there's like this obedience to listening to God's voice. God was trying to train Pastor Earl in those years as a teenager to listen to his voice and to obey when it doesn't make sense. What are the things that God is speaking to you right now? Or it's like it's something little, you know, it's something very simple like, hey, you know what, don't watch Netflix at night. You know, oh, don't watch YouTube. Hey, fast Instagram. You know, the little, like the little things. Don't go to Starbucks, give the $3.43, you know, to heaven to earth, whatever that may be. It's like those subtle things that God is actually about your heart. And if he can get your heart, I think he'll continue to lift the ceiling for more and more and more. But that obedience in the moment and the discipline in the moment is self-care, saying yes to what God has for you in the future so and to who you see you're being yourself in the future. Okay. And the, and the last thing that I would like to talk about is throughout the generations, I want, you, I want you to think about throughout the generations, what is God's track record? Point number three, throughout the generations, what is God's track record? What is God's track? Like, think about it for yourself. I think of just my family. You know, my grandma had brain cancer and she survived it lived like 45 years after that. Um, I can think of, uh, you know, like the, the transitions that my uh, family had gone through with like marriages and uh, so many different battles that my families, had, uh, like when I say families, I mean like my extended families have gone through. But like he's been so faithful throughout the generations. But you can also look at um, the faithfulness of God in the Bible. 
and the things that he has done. I'm telling you this morning, I was just like getting myself excited about this talk and I was reading through Hebrews 11 and I was like, I should read this whole chapter to everybody. I was like, that would take too much time, you know? But it's like you hear all these stories about of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and like God throughout the generations. It's not just about one generation, but it's about the, the next generation and the next generation. And I feel like what God has for us and for Shoreline City, like it's actually a generational perspective. You're like, I am giving my life to build this church family, not because I just want this generation to flourish. Because I want generation after generation after generation to flourish. And I see that God in the Bible, he's faithful to do it from one generation to the next. That they would see victory after victory after victory after victory. So good. Here's actually something, um, you know, when we were in our prayer time this morning, I was just like, God, do it again. Like, God, do it again. All these things that I read about in the Bible, God, do it again. I hear these stories of like churches in Ecuador and in Argentina. It's like 50,000 people. I'm like, God, could you trust us with that? Like, God, can you trust us with nations? I was talking uh, to a friend of mine last week and they were like, tell me a little bit about the vision. And I'm like, man. I just feel like God has like nations on the other side of it. You know, like I know we have like six campuses now, but like I'm like praying for like, God, like, would you give us the nations? Um, And it's not about church buildings. It's not, when I say nations, it's not about like more locations and buildings. You know, the Bible does talk about like a wise man sets up an inheritance, you know, and it's talking about like um, finances and all that stuff. But God's inheritance, you realize is not buildings. God's inheritance is not cars and God's inheritance, you know, is not gold. You know, he's got like streets for that. You know, God's inheritance is like people People. and what we're going after and what we're chasing after is people, hearts and lives. So I was encouraged with this. Okay. Challenged maybe. Okay. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 37. Exodus chapter 12, verse 37. We're talking about God. What have you done throughout the generations? And God, could you do it again? Verse 37, it says this. It says the Israelites journeyed uh, from Ramses to Succoth, and there were about 600,000 men on foot, besides women and children. This is whenever the Israelites are now leaving Egypt. 600,000 men. They estimate that that was 2.4 million people. God, could you trust us? with 2.4 million people. He did it before. He can do it again. He did it before. He can do it again. I just, I, you know, just like some crazy prayers, you know, like that. just scary prayers, you know, like, okay, God, wait, you got to get, I have to really get out of the way. If you're going to do something like that, like, okay, God, you got to really work on my character. Lord, you got to really help me make sure that I'm accountable. Okay, like, I got I to gotta really make sure that I'm living my life as an open book. And my, I have to be, like, that has to be a lot of less of me and more of him. But God, what are the challenges that I'm facing today that are designed to increase my capacity for what you have for me in the future? So God, I just pray for Shoreline City. I pray for this team. I pray for every serve team member that's listening right now. God, I'm asking, Lord, would we be obedient to your call? God, I'm praying that we would never get caught up in numbers or promotions or, or any of those things. But God, I'm asking that we would chase after your inheritance, which is people. God, I am praying that there would be less of us and more of you. God, I'm asking that you would give us the strength and the grace to be obedient to what you're calling us to do. God, and I pray that you would give us crazy faith. 
God, faith to believe the miraculous. God, I pray that we would pull on the testimonies from generations and we would place a demand on you, God, to do it again. God, I know that the best days are ahead for our families, for our businesses, for our friend groups, and for this church family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.